Hello, my name is Charles Dantzel, creator of the Dantzel Pitch Podcast. I want to thank you for tuning in to the next episode, episode 20, titled Black Wall Street, available on all streaming platforms with visuals on YouTube. Subscribe at the Dantzel Pitch. Thanks for tuning in to the next episode. Welcome to episode 20 of the Danso Pitch. I am your host, Charles Danso, joined by one of my co-hosts, Rami. Please introduce what's, yourself. What's up, everybody? This is Rami, uh, CMO for Danso Financial Group and co-host of the Danso Pitch. And as you know, I'm always super excited to be here with Charles. He got that energy, and it's a very special day today, so I'm excited. Yeah, it's a very, very, very special day, special episode. I know me and Rami have been talking about it pretty much all week leading up to this day. Uh, first, I want to say happy Juneteenth, brother. Uh, you know, there's something that, yeah, very, very, very special. Um, that's pretty much uh, leading into what today's episode will consist of. We will be discussing Juneteenth. We will discuss what exactly that is, the importance of it, and things that you can do along with us to kind of help uh, lead the way and, you know, help educate others on Juneteenth and invest uh, our dollars, so to speak. But we'll speak more on that once we actually touch these topics. And then the most important one, Black Wall Street. But I'm going to get too much. So let's just get right into it. So for our audience, um, Rami, just give me about two to three minutes. I want to give a breakdown of what Juneteenth is for our audience so they can get a clear understanding. And then we'll go right into it. All right. Yeah, thanks. Uh, Juneteenth is the the. the hold hold the, on one second. Hold on one second. Let me let me explain it first for the audience, and then we'll go in. So oh, I got perfect, some facts perfect. for them. Yeah. Yeah, you take it away. Yeah. So so pretty much for our audience right now listening, in, I want to give you guys some information regarding Juneteenth. Juneteenth is a it's the 155th year old holiday to this date, celebrating the emancipation of African Americans from slavery in the U.S. It is celebrated on June 19th. Hence the name June and and 19 combined together because of that date in 1865, pardon me, Major General Gordon Granger of the Union Army landed in Galveston, Texas and informed slaves that the Civil War had ended and slavery had been abolished. Unfortunately, we all know how that turned out to this day, but we'll discuss more in detail as we follow up. Granger and roughly 2,000 Union soldiers were there to enforce President Abraham Lincoln's Emancipation Proclamation, which had gone into effect more than two years earlier, on January 1st, 1863. In fact, Lincoln himself had been assassinated a few months earlier, in April of 1865. Historians also report that many slave owners in Texas intentionally withheld information about the Emancipation Proclamation from slaves before 1865 in order to keep the labor force intact. The reason being is Texas was a state that was not closely monitored by the union. So with that, a lot a lot of uh, slave owners eventually ended up moving to Texas and taking their slaves with them as a result and continuing slavery longer than what originally was planned after the Emancipation Proclamation was signed. Now, the importance of this holiday, so to speak, we call it a holiday as black folks, people of African descent. Um, we say this is the importance of this holiday because Juneteenth is the oldest nationally celebrated comm- commemoration of the ending of slavery in the United States. That's very key. In addition to mar- marking a date of major significance in American history, Juneteenth has always been both a day of remembrance 
and an opportunity for African-Americans to honor their history and celebrate black culture. Businesses such, yeah, businesses such as Twitter, Square, Nike, the National Football League, Vox Media, and so much more announced that they will recognize Juneteenth. So a lot of y'all pretty much that's probably listening had off or had early dismissal from work uh, to celebrate this day as a paid company holiday, which is very important. I do believe that eventually uh, with the next presidential regime, Rami, that this will actually be recognized as an actual federal holiday. I don't think with Trump in power and his people, I don't think that will happen. But I think in the next turn of events after uh, that regime leaves, I believe that, you know, uh, that next regime will pretty much make that a federal holiday. So my brothers and sisters, let's keep that uh, focused. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Rami, so uh, I, just for our audience, uh, they, we touched on a lot of facts. Uh, you know, I introduced some facts to the people. So what are ways that uh, you think that we can celebrate today, Juneteenth? Uh, for people and people to understand that as a whole. Well, bef- yeah, di- different ways to celebrate it could be supporting Black-owned businesses, shop shop Black-owned businesses, um, whether that be clothing, whether that be retailers of different kinds. Um, all types of services are Black-owned businesses that you could invest in, and that's putting money back into the communities. You could also, you know, go out and serve your community in community service events. You know, by your communities, I mean um minority communities you could also um educate people on what juneteenth is and spread that awareness because to be honest even now i feel like this year is the year obviously with all the the current climate that's going on it's become a lot more widespread but how often were people talking how often were non-black people speaking of juneteenth prior to this year last year i heard it a little bit but honestly, before 2018, even I barely heard anybody talking about it. So it was very. Um, so I think a major way that we could celebrate it is by letting the world know this exists. Let let your neighbors that you know are like, "What's Juneteenth? It's on my iPhone calendar." Mm-hmm. Let them know what it is. And to, and honestly, I just wanted to say that it is. It's more than a holiday, you know. Like it's a holiday to some, and some people may have the day off, but it's way bigger than that. Um, we celebrate. One of our biggest national holidays in this country is the 4th of July, Um, you know, so-called Independence Day, because that is when, you know, America became America by becoming independent of Britain. So we were Mm -hmm. colonies before that, but we were not slaves in this country. You Mm -hmm. know, the the 13 colonies were not slaves. They were not, you know, um, in bondage. So for African-Americans brought here to this country, um and the black community they celebrate this as bigger than independence day this is much bigger than that because it is the breaking of the chains um the law no longer dictated that you know these citizens should be in bondage so i think it's much bigger than a holiday and i think the world needs to know about it um put money into black owned businesses educate people and 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 go out there and, and celebrate life enjoy freedom enjoy that you know that uh, although things aren't, you know, fantastic right now, it's been it's been some a little bit of progress since then. Yeah. So pretty much uh, just to add on to what you're saying, I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't know what else I can say to that. You pretty much um, articulated what I feel that we can do as individuals in this in this world to celebrate Juneteenth. Like you said, July 4th, that's not for our people. Those were the forefathers of this country that put together 
uh, that Independence Day, but slavery was long before July 4th of that year. I forget what the year specifically that Declaration of Independence went into into uh, power. But my point to say is 400 plus years of slavery. Juneteenth is that holiday that everybody should should acknowledge. Whether you're white, black, Hispanic, Asian, it doesn't matter because end of the day, this country was built on slavery, uh, uh, human labor, as so to speak. That was not paid for. It was not of their free will. It was something that uh, you individuals came to Africa, took those people that did, were there and literally out of their homes and then brought them here and made them work, made their kids work, killed them, uh, raped them. So many things that they basically went to. Even right now, as you said, Rami, the reason why is because black people, we've had enough uh, with the George Floyd killing, with the Ahmaud Arbery killing, with the Breonna Taylor killing. There's so many others, Trayvon Martin, that goes down the line. But my point to say is because of that fact, now we are acknowledging ourselves. We are understanding that the educational systemic racism of why, do, why is it that we celebrate Christopher Columbus? Christopher Columbus was was a racist. Christopher Columbus was was somebody that didn't, didn't uh, he even had African navigators coming into the new America, so to speak, uh, land of the free, so they call it. But it's not really free because at the end of the day, we're still dealing with brothers and sisters getting killed right now. But I think we're in the we're in the right step in the fact in fact of having something like this where we can acknowledge, uh, you know, the history, the real history of America, not what we're so for taught. Because I'm tired of hearing Martin Luther King is. Is the fuck is is the savior? I love Martin Luther King, but goddamn, there's other leaders that we we should be learning about. We should be right. learning about. And, uh, yeah, and, and this, I also want to say that this isn't you know it's not taught too much in our American education system where you know the we are taught a very Eurocentric curriculum here in this country where you know we might have like ninety five percent of you know white history in this country, and again, yeah, I don't want to make it all black and white, but it is like. How often do you get black history in your history books? How often do you get the contributions that were made until for the first couple hundred years of this country? It's not a mention. It's it's really not. You get like a you get like a week on on the slavery. And then after that, it's like that's that's about it in the history books. It's it's exactly. really embarrassing, honestly. So I think Juneteenth is 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 vital to our America's history. And this country went to war, the Civil War you know, was, I'm not going to say directly, you know, for slavery, but like one of the main divisive issues of this nation was slavery and what will be the end result. And thus the ending was the Emancipation Proclamation. So how can we, how can we read about the war and all the violence that came out of that and not talk about the end result about it? Uh, that blows my mind. Yeah, I mean, like to what you're saying and what I would add my own personal thing is even like you said, let's go back to the Civil War. A lot of the people like Robert Robert E. Lee and those folks, there's just in 2020, why are their statues getting taken down now? These were people that were fighting in the opposition in the South where they felt that slavery should be just. Slavery should go on as, as long as possible by utilizing human lives, human humans as their way of making their money, making, you know, whatever, even even taking advantage of them, uh, promising them things that we weren't awarded even there after the fact. So like you said, the Emancipation Proclamation, uh, that, sh that was just one step. It, it, and we're 2020 and we're still dealing with systemic racism from a corporate standpoint, from an educational standpoint, from just a livelihood standpoint. So I think 
like you said, with Juneteenth, having people in our, I, I would like our, I would like our black leaders to be more accountable. I would like these corporations to be more accountable. I don't want it to be something where it's just for the moment. Juneteenth shouldn't be just one day. You guys should, everybody that's listening right now, you should be taking the weekend, the rest of the year, invest into black, your black dollars into small businesses owned by black folks people of color. Uh, you should be investing in the educational financial system that people that of color have. I think there's a lot more black people I see online, thank God for social media, they are giving you these educational tools that you, you should be learning because we don't learn about things like taxes, finance, and all that. But people are giving you those tools in the, in, in the, more, in the more broken down version that you can kind of learn. All these are, are is what's empowering us as black folks, Rami. And, and really important, Obviously, right now, in the media cycle, because remember, everything in this country is manipulated by the media, or not maybe this country, maybe in every country, but the media manipulates the masses. So the cycle right now is a lot of attention on the movement, you know, Black Lives Matter. And obviously, there's these uh, contrarian voices that will try to blur that that message, you know, oh, rioting is not right and this and that. And, and that there are always going to be these voices that try to deter you from the message. So I think what's vital for the continuation of the movement and Juneteenth significance is obviously right now, everything is a hot topic relating to race. So there's pressure on these politicians. Um, Governor Cuomo of New York, just, um, you know, he's acknowledging Juneteenth. Even Trump is saying the word Juneteenth, whereas this time last year, two years, three years, they wouldn't, that word, those words wouldn't be coming out of their mouth. Mm -hmm. So I think what's really key that I'm trying to stress here is that we got to keep that pressure and don't, you know, don't let this time six months from now, we're not talking about this anymore. Don't let this time one year from now, when Juneteenth comes around next year, you know, don't let the voices get blurred uh, or dimmed down. So what I feel like right now is great, but everybody's going to be talking about Juneteenth right now. But next year, I'm going to be curious to see what's going to be the, um, the long lasting effect. The year after that is going to be what I'm looking at. So that's yeah. on us from right now by putting out this episode and spreading all the info we are that we need the people to really get behind the message that Juneteenth is important and black dollars going into black communities and and supporting each other is extremely vital. So that's all I'm going to say. Yeah. So for me, how I feel about it is like he like Rami had just articulated is is having a collective un union as black folks. A lot of these people in power that are of affluent backgrounds, that are, are white individuals, whatever the case is, they understand that us as black people, we move the pendulum of power, which basically means is, hey, NFL, y'all now are listening to Kaepernick almost three years later, going on four years, when he was giving you that blueprint, on giving, trying to make you understand what right now is happening, that's been going on. It's... And, and black people, look, end of the day, I get it. Everybody wants to make their money. Everybody wants to have their dollars. But look what happened when you have the league MVP, Super Bowl MVP, Patrick Mahomes. You have Odell, Michael Thomas. These are people in the NFL. These NFL players making a stand. All of a sudden, you notice that the commissioner started speaking because the commissioner is just a tool from the owners. Oh, that means God. that means the owners start getting a little nervous. They're like, uh-oh. Uh oh, Patrick! Pat, Patrick said, "What? He 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 supporting? What? He kneeling? That was yeah, so that changes. That yeah. was absolutely wild. Um, for those that don't know, maybe that what we're speaking of, you know, Colin Kaepernick, you know, in 2016 started the movement of kneeling during the national anthem, and that was to, you know, 
spread the message that we we don't want to stand for a country that isn't standing for us right now mm-hmm. that isn't you know isn't giving us the right treatment and people try to make it about us disrespecting veterans and the flag and this and that they will try to deter from your message but look he got blackballed he he hasn't played in the NFL for years mm-hmm. um and he was a top talent at the time mm-hmm. so that's what happened to him then because you know although there were voices rising up the voices of opposition were louder but right now we have that momentum and something on our side that we didn't have before is that the voice of the movement and the voice of us are louder than contrarian opinions. So that is extremely vital. And look at that. What I was going to mention about the NFL players that you said, we had a they, they made a video montage with maybe like 10 to 20 really big players in the NFL speaking out against the killing of George Floyd. And it was only then. Only then, after like, you know, the MVP, as you said, and very high profile players speaking out without the approval of the NFL, that then the NFL commissioner comes in and says, oh, I really support everything they're saying. We were wrong about Colin Kaepernick and not doing this for him and standing behind him. Wow. It only takes it only takes, you know, the the voice to be loud enough to be heard. And sometimes you need to bring that attention to the topic by whatever means necessary. Yeah, as what as what he's just saying, black people that's listening, I'm speaking to you, men, women, doesn't matter where you're from. Listen to what I'm telling you. The power that the Jews have is because they do it in a collective union. The power that Asians have is because they do it in a collective union. Black people, let's stop individualizing ourselves. At, there's going to have to be sacrifice for change to happen. So if it is making, like he said, it could sometimes take 10, it could take 20, it could take hundreds. It doesn't matter. The fact is, if you if they see that we're in unison, if they see that we're willing to go all out, make the necessary sacrifices, we're not dependent on the dollar, green. What basically means is we're not dependent on money. We make the sacrifices, we make the change. That's only when change happens. Like he said, how many years has it been? And we're now just understanding what Juneteenth is. I was on social media, Rami, listening. People were like, yo, I don't even know what Juneteenth is. That This is a holiday? I'm like, yo, and these yep. are black people saying this. That's the ill part. Yep. And, I, and, and, and I respect for the white people that want to understand because that's also good. Because the fact is, white people, you guys also got to understand something too. For them to make the change, we also need to hear your voice. You can't be idle in situations like this. We need your support. So that, like Absolutely. I said, and, and, and you know, and something I said, a collective union like how Jewish, Jewish people own all of Brooklyn. I see schools. I see, I see uh, businesses, small businesses that Jewish people own. But a lot of people don't know. Black people were one of the first people to do that, too. Something called Black Wall Street. For the listeners listening, I know you guys heard of Black Wall Street. But I want to give Rami. I want to give them a couple, uh, some information regarding that yeah. before we please get into it. Please tell us, Charles, because please tell us, because honestly, I'm not even gonna lie. I didn't even. I heard that expression before, and I didn't know that was a real place. I didn't mm-hmm. know that was a real thing until you enlightened me. So please do. Yeah, Black Black Wall Street before the before the Tulsa Tulsa race massacre. That's what they call it. That's where I know a lot of people through history had briefly heard of that. That's when uh, these groups of black uh, people that lived in this community were killed and massacred and slaughtered. 
There was a city in the black district of Greenwood located in Tulsa, Oklahoma, which is still existing to this day, was attacked by a white mob, resulting in two days of bloodshed and destruction. The area had been considered one of the most affluent African-American communities in the United States in the early 20th century, so the early 1900s. O.W. Gurley, a wealthy black landowner, purchased 40 acres of land in Tulsa, naming it Greenwood, after the town in Mississippi where he, he, was, where he originally came from. O.W. Gurley would actually loan money to people who wanted to start a business, says Christy Williams, vice chairman of the African American Affairs Commission in Tulsa. Now, let's, let me break this down. O.W. Gurley was a black man. This is a black, a black man was able in the early 1900s to acquire 40 acres of land. That's still hard to do in this day and age, even as, as a rich man. So think about that. And was able to help give African-Americans opportunity by giving them money to build businesses and, and, and have real estate. The reason why I always say Jewish Jewish people are one of the most powerful people, and this is not a slight towards Jewish people. So for anybody that's listening as Jewish, I'm not slighting you. I'm just trying to make a point here. If you own the most property in the area, you're probably going to have the most power because you, again, are probably owning the most businesses. You're probably owning the banks. You're owning hospitals, the most important areas that you probably uh, people need to go to, to to acquire some type of resource. That's why. This was so powerful. 600 successful businesses, which included 21 churches, 21 restaurants, 30 grocery stores, two movie theaters, plus a hospital, bank, post office, library, schools, law offices, and a dozen private airplanes and even a transit system all existed in this town of Greenwood in Tulsa, Oklahoma in the early 1900s, owned by all black people. Wow. Let me reread that again for those that very didn't hear me. 600 successful businesses, which included 21 churches, 21 restaurants, 30 grocery stores, yes. two movie theaters, plus a yes. hospital, bank, post office, libraries, schools, yes. law offices, and a dozen private airplanes and even a transit system existed oh. all in one area in the early 1900s owned by black people. That's the powerful stuff. The Ku Klux Klan heard about this, and due to their jealousy, they worked with other individuals to have the town of Greenwood destroyed, killing and bombing over hundreds of African Americans, ultimately having their history forgotten. Even some people that live in the town of Tulsa, Oklahoma, of color right to this day, don't even know that history. Rami, speak to that, please. And that's, that's powerful right there. I, I really want to highlight that, you know, if... The way for now we're talking thousands of years in this world, not even in this country. If your story does not live on, if your if the if your stories aren't written down or told or passed down, there's no memory of you. Without a memory, you never existed. You know. So if if this story is not being told, shared, um, take take to take pride in and used as a powerful example, it eventually could fade out of existence as we know it. So, Charles, you just enlightened me. I want to now spread this message to somebody else because, again, as you said, there's people in that same town of color that do not know that the former glory that this town used to have. So I think it's very powerful, that story that you just mentioned, 
that to say we need to, you know, acknowledge big wins in the in the communities of people of color and we need to take example from them because it is possible and although difficult and you may have to work twice as hard it's possible and and again we're not we're not slighting any race or party we are actually commending you know when 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 charles says you know the jewish community owns this and they're powerful it's because again we're commending them because when you see those communities they stay together they 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 really um rise up empower each other and take their control where they can so that is an example that we could take as you know and, people of color to and, take and to, to add on to what he's saying and, and again like i said yes we look at those communities as how jewish people own new york or how the asians could own part of new york and also los angeles own those communities they have their own wall street so to speak quote unquote as i would speak Black people, we've been here longer than all of these races. We should have our land. We should have real estate that we own. We should have businesses that we own, a fleet of businesses that we own in communities like what I just described, like what was in Tulsa, Oklahoma over 100 years ago. Absolutely. So it, it, it's, it's important because, and, and again, as millennials, we have the power how many people, Ramin, do you know that don't own a small business of color? How, how many, many? Yeah, how many people you don't know that that are able to acquiesce some type of money through their business? Now the thing is, again, there's people that's trying to do this. You see, uh, I think uh, like uh, one of the guys, Jay Jay Morrison, who does the Tulsa Real Estate Fund, a crowdfunding service. I think that's a great idea because that's similar to what exactly O.W. Gurley was basically doing in the early 1900s of pulling money with other individuals, owning real estate, and also putting other people on as a result of color to have that their businesses much like he, the one that started it, bought the acres, bought the land. Black people, let's own land. Let's invest more money into land, into our businesses, into our ideas. We are so creative. We have the creative power, the creative influence. Like I said, the pendulum of power doesn't move with these NFL owners. If all these people don't stand up, because if all black people say one day I ain't trying to play, how are they going to get their money? It doesn't even have to be sports. You could be a, an artist. If one day you say, I'm not pulling out an album unless you're doing this thing, you're giving this money out. Hey, creators, a black of color, you move the power. They not, they can't say nothing to you. Absolutely. What are they going to do? I absolutely agree with you, Charles. We need to, people need to be buying real estate, pumping money into community services, um, giving giving people that opportunity, and you got to pay it forward. I, I really believe in paying it forward because, to be honest, uh, as as weird as it sounds, nobody's going to give that shit to us unless, you know, who's going to, who, like, uh, I. it's way more rare that, you know, um, somebody of white descent who are the majority power in this country would now give some of that opportunity and power to minority communities because that's just not how humans think. They're not, they're more about self-preservation. But I think Charles kind of touched on this earlier in the past, um, in the, in the episode was that we need voices from the white community. This isn't, this isn't a, you know, a white versus black. This is a, um, we're trying to empower black communities to, to do more for themselves and part of that starts with enlightening the white community um, 
that were able to be negligent or willfully negligent for so many centuries. Mm -hmm. And I think what's beautiful about right now is that there's dialogues that are happening from, you know, I've seen many instances of young people like my age or yeah, younger. We, yeah, too. young people that are like our age. Yo, good good job, millennials good and Gen job. Z. You guys are doing real well. Teenagers, real. even teenagers and high schoolers and above. Gen Z, like, yep. they're, mm -hmm. they're having these tough conversations with parents and, and yes. family members that have never had to hear them say these things. And they're going to get, you know, they're going to get. They're gonna get reprimanded for those things, but that's where that shit starts, and it yeah. starts with the it starts with the people of color enlightening as many people as possible, and 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 they're gonna they're gonna try again they're gonna try to deter from the message and and drown you out, but stay true to what the message is that we as a community people of color have to you know pay it forward, reinvest into our communities and do better because right now the system is not great for us. But if if we make money, if as individuals, don't hog it. You've gotta you've gotta spread that wealth in some way, shape, or form. As you said, who's that? Who's the man that you said is doing the crowdfunding project? Uh, Jay Morrison. Jay Morrison. Yeah. You go. He made his money, and now he made some money. He made a powerful platform for money to be distributed, and now several people of color are able to now have an opportunity birth from that. So one man is now birthing multiple projects, multiple ideas. So yeah, and, 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 and it doesn't even take someone of him. He's just one example that I'm using for, for the audience members listening. Everybody has a friend of color that's doing a business. If that person is having a business, hey, it's okay to repost a, a, a post that that person does. If that person's into fashion, some type of uh, you know product that that person's selling, pay wholesale. Don't ask for a discount because all that investing at a whole, a whole dollar that's money that that person is able to reinvest into their business and build build their business and put others on because there's other people that's going to work for them that's going to be of color eventually we would hope so right so the thing is you're you're only you're only going to be helping that person in the long run by helping grow their business helping allocate our dollars that we work for and reinvest it back to a person of color that looks like us it doesn't always have to be a french conglomerate it doesn't always have to be some type of European, uh, you know, the single government. And, and, and I will say there is a problem with that because at the end of the day, they eventually come back to us anyway to take the ideas and then they get the wholesale value of it. There are a lot of the people, you can look at uh, Gucci. They use Dapper Dance pro uh, products and designs. Uh, LVMH, uh, Virgin, uh, Avlo, whatever his name is, uh, he has the Louis Vuitton, the off-whites. These are our people of color. So my thing is, example like what i'm saying they they're gonna need us more than we're gonna need them but we give that power because we're putting their the dollars continuously to them as opposed to our own community if anybody that makes that makes something of of, of uh of a different descent whether it's white asian black people have done it or do do it and they may even do it at a better at a better uh rate. So it's thing, it's just that the capital becomes an issue because we're not reinvesting those dollars as much as we should. It's great that we celebrate Juneteenth for a day, but it shouldn't be a day. It should be a whole 365 day thing that you're doing of investing your dollars into black the black community. Absolutely. Because until I see until we see, you know, real change, and by real change I mean the statistics, the just these loaded statistics against, you know, minority communities, specifically the black community. Once you see those statistics start leveling out to a more normal, normal percentage per capita, 
You know, there shouldn't be such a massive difference in the statistics of percentage of, you know, black people that are being sent to prison for nonviolent crimes. There shouldn't be, you know, um, a big disparity in the percentage of the black community that is receiving a college education as opposed to other communities. So there are really some systematic things that need to change. And I wanted to just point out that although the system is not, not fabulous, we do have, we, we, it's the system we have right now. And who runs the system? Politicians and big corporations. Politicians and big corporations. So those are the two areas that we can target as consumers. We can hit the corporations by not shopping there. We could spread the message. For example, something great that's come about in the last few months is all these platforms are telling you where corporations are spending their money, where they're supporting. Who are they putting their money into? Because, you know, if they're putting money into, you know, uh, somebody that does not represent our interests as a minority community, we know not to shop there. And if enough people do that, they will feel that effect and will have to change. If not, they will not survive. Politicians, same thing. Politicians are only there by the vote of their constituents and they're obligated to serve their constituents. Whether they do or not is a different issue. But we have the power to change them every few years. We have the power if we don't like them, to make our voice heard. So those two areas, consumer can hit the corporations and voters, as voters, we can hit the legislation. So we can bring about change, man. I just think that. Exactly. And, you know, just to add on to what he's saying, and there's ways to go about it. For For the CEOs that's in these corporations that may be putting their dollars towards individuals that don't have uh, our best interests, if people of color. Hey guys, guess what? When you buy into the stock market and I see more black people doing that, there is a time every quarter that you have to vote on an annual on uh, on a on the quarter and annual basis for companies. The, shareholder, the, shareholder. the shareholders. Yeah, shareholder meetings. Those are important. You shouldn't just look at it and just click whoever. You should actually read who these individuals are. You should read what they stand for. You should read where they invest their dollars into because Nonprofit is it goes to presidential candidates. So somebody, somebody like a Tim Cook will give money to maybe he can fund it. I'm not saying he does it specifically, but he can fund a presidential campaign. Him and his team uh, of of CEOs and, and people that are are shareholders of that Apple company. Again, you're also shareholders, so you can vote those people. Also, you shouldn't just vote because that person belongs to a political party. You should read who those individuals are when they give you these ballots. You should read who this presidential uh, person is. You should also be voting locally, not just on a state or or federal level. You should vote in your township. You should vote those people. You should read about those people because as Rami articulated, those people all report to that one person. And that that one person has the people that they know. Like example, let me give you a perfect example. The governor of Florida and the COVID-19, how's handling that crisis? Hey, Florida people, Florida, Floridians, as you pronounce it, you guys voted that person in power. Just understand that. So you had another way to go when you had a chance. So I'm just going to leave that there. So. Yeah. so, yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. So, again, just to just to kind of like wrap it, though, uh, Rami, and I want to get your take on it on the last wrap up. But again. We gave you an example through Black Wall Street, O.W. Gurley. This was this was in the early 1900s, in the early 19, or 19, and, and the massacre happened in 1920, 1921. I believe 1921. So the thing is, again, 
this is when technology wasn't there. This is when resources wasn't as, as high as it is now. So, hey, black people, we have people that have businesses. We have people that ask, hey, can you invest in my business? Can you give me, you know, can, can, you, can you help contribute? Can you reshare a post of mine? with people of color, you can do that. It doesn't hurt you. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't sing you out in any way. And even if it does, that's good because more people that do see it are more likely to want to invest their money into the black community, their dollars into the black community as well. And again, we move the pendulum of power, as we said, because black people, from a creative standpoint, from a from a from a labor standpoint, from a capital standpoint, we all control those dollars. Because look at all the designs, how all these corporations try to cater to us. Look what's going on right now. Now that everybody's now having company paid holidays for Juneteenth. I've been working for years. I never got that until now. Yeah. So just think on it. My, what do you my, think? My company, my company randomly gave me the day off today, and we only got the announcement maybe a few days ago. I bet they weren't planning this, you know, no. a month or two months ago. Of course not. No. How many? How many of these fashion, uh, these major corporations like fashion, um, you know, or retail, all of a sudden now you see like you know, big contribution. Uh, yeah. Minority people at the top of their pages. It's like exactly. they have to. They have to change when we make that change happen. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, that's I, I hope I hope for this episode, you guys were able to get a lot of knowledge. Um, I wanted it to be concise, right to the point and give you guys the game, give you guys the information that you need to read up on our history as black folks. Even if you're not a person of color, if you're a white person, learn about our history. I would hope that you want to learn about our history. Speak more to the facts. Just don't listen to what the media tells you all the time. Read up on the information. Listen to the information that's being provided in the right way. So, yeah. Uh, Rami, you got something you want to add or are you good? Uh, I'm pretty good. I, I just want to say happy Juneteenth to everybody. Um, it, these are powerful times we're living in right now with um, a lot of rapid change that we could that we are direct proponents of. So make sure your voice is heard. And make sure your dollars are spent wisely. Um, there's a lot of, as Charles said, there's a lot of information right now that our, you know, our ancestors and generations in the past did not have the the benefit of having. So let's let's be smart with that. Learn about where your dollars are going and spend them accordingly because every dollar could really make a difference in communities around the country. So that's all I'll say. Happy Juneteenth and stay safe, y'all. Yeah, happy Juneteenth. Learn your history. We just gave you the blueprint of Black Wall Street and what Juneteenth is. I would hope that we can recreate Black Wall Street as Black people. You can give the game where needed so you can pass it on for the next generation as well. Happy Juneteenth, folks. Give a, I want to give a shout out to those listening in on whatever platforms you're tuning in from, as well as our YouTube viewership. Subscribe at the Danso Pitch, Spotify, Apple Podcasts as well as YouTube and all other streaming platforms. Thank you, guys. Stay safe. Invest your dollars. We out of here.